You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Welcome to Borderline Idealist. This is AJ. Hey guys, this is Chris. And guys, we want to start out this uh, podcast episode by thanking somebody. Um, she reached out to us. Oh, her name. Yes, that'll be important. Oh my god. <laughs> I guess. Um, Alexand- Alexandria. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Alexandria. <laughs> Alexandria. Alexandria? Or Alexandria. Alexandria. I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to pronounce names nowadays. (laughs) Alexandria, I think I would say. Well... Thank you, Alexandria. But she reached out to us after uh, the episode... The last episode. About why... um, Am I worthy of you? Right. So it was an episode about relationships and what you struggle with. um, And it really resonated with her and, you know... like we say, it's always really good to hear from She reached out to you because there's something particular, right, that resonated with her. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, without going into any details, but she, she wanted to reach out and ask for your advice on something, and that was uh, nice, I think. Too. Yeah, it was. it's always exciting. It's always great. We love hearing from everybody. And, and you've had experience with exactly what she had mentioned, so it worked out. Yeah, well, I was very candid about that in yeah. the episode, right. so. But that's what's good about the podcast, is that we can talk about this stuff openly, and, you know, everyone can get something out of borderline idealist. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you so much again, to everybody who has supported us, and we have a way for you to actually show your support. Uh, we signed up for Patreon, uh, which is a website that uh, when people support you, they're called your patron. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Patron of the Arts, yes. right? The visual arts, mostly. <laughs> and right now, we're always saving up to pay off our uh, website. We have a really nice website. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been to it, go to borderlineidealist.com. And, you know, it's really nice. I, I'm a graphic designer, so I was able to set it up and, you know, look it really nice and spiffy. But there are a lot of expenses that are associated with the website. Every year you have to renew. You have to pay for your, your domain name and your hosting. And it can be expensive. Um, so that's why we decided to do Patreon to try to raise some funds so that we don't have to take out of our own personal assets to, you know, to continue doing this and having that available. And I know that we have supporters. I know that we have people out there yeah, that have us regularly. Yeah, that have shared our podcast or have uh, thanked us. So, yeah. you know, if you can donate a dollar a month, 
that would be amazing. Where that's that's the, that's the starting tier, right? I yeah, that's the sure. starting tier is a dollar a month. That that would just be great. That goes along. When you were telling me about this, it sounds so so little, but when you were telling me about this, I just kept remembering NPR in uh, you know the fundraisings. I, if you guys NPR National Public Radio, um, amazing programming. But so I I was a supporter for NPR for a long time. Cause I'd listen to it every single day, and um, I love their. <laughs> and I became a paid supporter because of their, uh, their what is it called? Their drives. Mm-hmm. Their so, fundraising. Right, the fundraising drives. So, and it's it's so true. You know, I, I was just doing the math. I was telling Ajin, I was like, if somebody pays one dollar a month, that's twelve dollars a year, right? And if twenty people did that, we would have twenty two hundred and forty dollars minus. The fees that get taken out, of course, but that would be enough to pay for the whole website hosting and and everything. So, only twenty people donating a dollar a month would help us that much, um, and that's you know that's the power of the collective, right? When uh, a lot of people do a little bit, it can be a really big thing, and it it would mean a really big, uh, a really a lot to us to have people who who value the show, who think that if you think that we are doing something that is of value to you, that you're getting something from it and you like listening to us and our ranting, especially I, I tend to be the I one don't rant. rant. <laughs> I don't rant. Everything I say is important. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, we, we encourage you to to support us in any way that you can. And, and you know, we have this for for those of you who can donate a dollar a month. But, you know, if you can't do that we understand you know we're we're all in tight situations sometimes so we completely understand that and we appreciate you helping us in in any other way with by supporting us by in supporting us in many other ways by sharing the the show the website things like that and we're still in the process of settling in so after that we hope to be able to do a lot more for you guys and and have other offerings that we can bring you well, we do have incentives for um, people that want to donate a little bit more. We right. had to think of something to give back to somebody. If you donate... Um, the first tier is the sticker. Mm-hmm. We've, I'm, I'm sure you guys have seen it. If you've been to our website, it's really pretty. It's nice. You can put it on anything that you want. Your car, your computer, you know, wherever. <laughs> um and then the next tier goes up for to... $5. That's where you can get our special after the show episodes. So we've released two, two of those on uh, episode 25 and 27. Go and back and listen to those to they've see gotten, what they kind of what they're about. <laughs> they've gotten a really good response yeah. and uh, we enjoy doing them. So it's basically more rambling by me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can no. afford to Donate $5 a month. You'll get those special episodes. And also, Chris, we forgot to mention that on each one, uh, even with the dollar, uh, we'll send you a special message, a personalized thank you message. Uh, So that's something that we Mm -hmm. left out and we probably should have said. But at $10 a month, you can actually have a live video call with us or a phone call and that would be exciting to actually meet people 
we've had a lot of fun meeting the few people yeah. that we've met. People reach out and, you know, we, we'd like to make uh, personal collections. I think people who are introverts have the misunderstanding of they don't, they're not social or, you know, they don't like people. But a, a lot of us do enjoy the company of others. But, you know, we like to make personal connections where we can, like, understand someone. And that's when we feel comfortable. Yeah, so if you donate $10, we'll give you a 30-minute call, and we'll talk about your day. You can ask us some questions that you have about BPD or about relationships. Anything that you want to know, we're yours for 30 minutes to talk up. And, you know, it's like being a part of a live podcast. So if you like listening to us and want to talk to us, that's uh, <laughs> that's an incentive to do that. <laughs> it's okay. weird yeah, asking people to talk to me, but yeah. I would talk to. I love talking to our fans. I love talking to anybody who supports what we're doing because I love doing it. And I love doing it with Chris, and I love Chris. So <laughs> that's enough for that. <laughs> without further ado, let's we're, jump into the show. Our topic is on taking criticism. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about giving criticism. Criticism all around. <laughs> Who's a critic? We've we've had li- bits of discussions throughout this whole week on this in this subject. Yes, and I've been telling Chris we should have been recording. <laughs> <laughs> twenty minutes, twenty minutes into the last conversation that we had on criticism, yeah, you were like, "Oh, we should have recorded this whole thing." Can you can you repeat everything that you said now? <laughs> well, you're gonna have to. Uh, so why is criticism hard to take? You think it's hard to take for you? Is it, I think it's more hard to dig as someone who has BPD? Hell yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, would, you, I would agree. I mean, Chris, whenever you're critical of me, I'm just like, you know, why don't you like me? It's or, like, you, it's, you know, it, or it's, it's like an end all, you know, right. when, when black you and say, white thing, right? I let Chris read one of my writings and he didn't really understand it. And I was just like, oh, it sucks. And he's, He's telling me that not everyone's going to get it and art is, you know, all that art is bullshit. But I'm just like, no, I want everyone to understand. I want everyone to get something from it. I mean, ah. <laughs> I, it's not easy to be criticized and have BPD. Well, I think because, you know, people that have BPD, you know, through the readings, is one of the main sentences is that every, a lot of things are black and white. So there's very little gray area. Somebody likes me or they don't like me. I like someone or I hate someone. And criticism is one of those things where there's a lot of gray area. There's a fine there's there's not a fine line between I don't like it. It could be just because, you know, they, they would have no reason to. And other people would be like, I, I hate it because XYZ, or I love it because XYZ. So a, the first example that I'm remembering is well, one of the biggest ones is that came to mind was when we renamed the podcast Borderline Idealist. What was the podcast before? INFP it was BPD. just it was just INFP BPD. Yeah. <laughs> it, it started off as a blog, <laughs> and then it would turn it evolved into a podcast. And I was like, you know, and everyone this, criticized it. Okay, no, Chris's Listen. sister criticized the name, and I got really mad. I, I was just like. Yes. <laughs> Oh I was gosh. like, the name makes sense, okay? I am an INFP, and I have BPD. 
Okay. We had this whole conversation took over took place in our ride back from Florida or or South no, Georgia. No, uh, Val Valdosta. Oh, Valdosta. Yeah. And so it took place over the car while we were on the phone, and I could just feel Ajani's tension rising, and I could feel like his emotion. He's like he was actually doing a pretty good job of trying to manage them and just remain calm and to try to just take it, but I could just sense the the those emotions bubbling deep inside and just like like dying to say you don't know what the you know what are you talking about <laughs> it's like Braylon said when we went to go uh meet her was that last last week yeah last week um it's it's hard for her to hide her emotions mm-hmm. maybe that's the thing with people with bpd because we're so connected to emotions and she also said that she's, on your skin, she on said your that she's a uh, empath, and I feel like I'm an empath too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot to tell her that. I should have just told her that and be like, I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that from you. Okay, <laughs> Professor Xavier. <laughs> but you're so in tune with, with feelings, so you can't really... You're trying to hide yes. it. So when, when your sister was saying that, I was just like, uh-huh, okay, okay, take the, take the criticism. Yeah. Take the criticism. <laughs> take the... You know, but believe in what you believe in. Well, and that's what she... The whole point of what she was saying is... Well, no. she's She was just like, well, I think you, you should change it. But no. if you like it... You exactly. Should I hate... <laughs> who doesn't hate when people do that? You should do this. No. But it's no. okay if you she want to do this. She didn't say you should. She's, <laughs> she, gave you? You, she gave you examples as to what could other people's reactions be to it. You know, it being too long. People, you know... I have a hard time under remembering things. So remembering acronyms and remembering two that are one is really long, INFP, and then BPD. People, not everybody knows about the Briggs Myers test, personality personality test. Not a lot of people know about BPD. So when you just say three three uh, letters and then four letters, they're okay. like you know it's just okay. a, b- a bunch of letters to we that. We don't have to. We've already talked <laughs> okay. about this. Okay. But, so why point, are you criticizing <laughs> me right now? My point was that that was a very hard time. That was very hard to, for you to kind of take. But after you know you gave it some time, you let it wander around in your head, right? And then what did you say? I said borderline idealist. <laughs> That's what I said, right? Yes. Yeah. You didn't come up with the name. Okay. We came up with other uh, alternatives, right? Okay. okay. We, we, had, we had conversations about different, multiple different names, mm-hmm. and we finally settled on that one. And then you love this one, right? You yes, told I, me that you loved it. That's all <laughs> and then right. And we have a really nice logo and everything, so it worked out. Yeah. I think it makes more sense, and I do like it. I, I'm happy that I... I I had a process that criticism at the time it right. it, it, it felt like someone was attacking me right. for something that I believed in. I was just like, how can you not be happy for me? Right. <laughs> and that's the problem is that a lot of times and it's hard for people who are outside to then offer constructive criticism because we don't want to upset you. We don't want you to think that we don't like what you're doing, that we don't support it. You know, that we're just it we're just trying to offer a different point of view. And I think that's where I always kind of try to come down to is whenever I do tell you something is I'm offering you a different point of view. And I always say, you don't have to do this. And this is my, this is my personal opinion. And it's just one opinion. You can go out and have 20 different opinions from 20 other people or more. 
So you just have to take them and then make your own decision based on the information that you've gotten. So maybe there's something about an authority figure or mm -hmm. somebody that's really close to me, mm -hmm. like their approval means something to me. So if you don't approve of it, I feel like it's, if, if I felt like it was a bad idea before, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't approve of it, then I'm kind of, I'm questioning myself double time. Right. So, and that's where we have to walk a fine line where between, you know, this is a great start, but let's flush it out a little bit more. And then you're like, no, this is great already. We don't need to flush it out. And if because, you think we, Chris, need, you say that about you everything. Think, if you think we need, I need to flush it out, that means you don't love it and you don't support it. You say that about <laughs> everything that I do. If I paint something, well, you're like, mm, you could do better. That's like, with everything. That's you sound like, like my dad. That, no, that comes from the years of uh, art school. I mean, that's that's the all of my art school career was. I did something, and the professor's like, let's flesh it out more. Okay, You well, could have done this, you could develop this. You've never done... People that do art, mm -hmm. <laughs> different, the different kinds of arts, mm -hmm. are used to criticism and, not, and everyone not getting their work, like understanding mm -hmm. what they're trying to say, per mm -hmm. se. Well, that's, they don't necessarily all understand, but... Or understand the, the understand the beauty of what their mm -hmm. their work mm -hmm. is, or what or see what they see. Yeah. So has being criticized ever kept you from doing something that you love? Mm, not within my art. Not when I've created stuff. But people have criticized you, right? Yeah. I mean, outside of art, you're talking about like. Well, personal? I guess I I. I guess I'm just tagging onto art because I was just right. thinking of something that somebody would criticize you for. Mm -hmm. So it had, you know, people have criticized you before for your art or not understood it. How do you handle that? Because I, when I deal with criticism, it really hits me a lot from almost anybody. I have to kind of think about it, it because of my anxiety. I have to really talk to myself and realize you know what i believe but i have to process i need time to process uh well, but i you know i like to write but i don't share those writings with people because i feel like if one person criticizes it uh or doesn't like it then it's a failure so i keep my poetry to myself i i want to write yeah out of fear i want to publish a book but it's scary to if if you fail, you know. I definitely understand that fear because I've felt it many, many times. Just to take a step back, when we talking about criticism directly, uh, you know, what I do is I typically I try to be um, a neutral, neutral on the people's responses to it, and you know, try to try to put myself in their shoes. If they say, well, it makes me feel of this, or it makes me think of this. I'm not sure what you were going with, but this is what I'm getting. And like, okay. And then I ask other people. And then if they tell me the same thing, if I, so if I ask 20 people and 15 are fall within that other category where it doesn't, they don't get what I'm trying to, to, to show, um, then I'm like, okay, so, what I'm, what's going on? Why are they not getting what I want? And 
then I'm like, how important is it for me to, for them to get what I'm trying to show? To, mm. uh, to is it, is it okay if they don't all get it? Is it, is it really that important? Uh, can it stand on its own? Just if they still enjoy the piece, even though they, they don't have all the different layers that I'm putting in it, is that still okay? Then, you know, I might leave it as is. But if it's something really important, well, let's say, for example, I'm doing a piece and I'm trying to emphasize global warming and the dangers of it. And then they look at it and they're like, oh, um, that's really pretty. I like the colors. I'm like, okay, but do you get the context? Do you get the subject? Global I ask warming? you that all the action? time. <laughs> I ask you that all the time about my poetry. And, but it, and you never understand yeah. anything. And I'm just like, are my metaphors like too... Are they advanced but, or are they but yet, dumb and stupid? No, but the like, difference, is, the difference is I have an intent in saying global warming is real. There needs to be clear action now. You know, that's this is the example I'm giving you. That's mm -hmm. the clear intent. And so if somebody's not receiving that, then there's a problem. And then that needs to be changed so that whoever views it will get that automatically, that, that theme. Or as to poetry or art more in general, personal art, there is, there may not be that clear intent. So then, then it's maybe not as important if the person gets it or not. And for a good example is the, the poem that you, that you showed me earlier about Easter. I've never done Easter the way you've done them. So when I read it, it all went over my head because I've never experienced it like that. I've never did the hard boiled eggs and stuff like that. I've only known plastic eggs <laughs> my whole life. So. And now everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> well, maybe you'll maybe you'll. Read I wrote about a, it I wrote a poem about uh, an Easter egg and it being squished. And Chris had never seen a hard boiled egg as an Easter egg. He said he's only seen plastic ones. So I don't know. How, maybe because I grew up in more southern than you or something. We're south, southern you in are, Georgia. You were, you are south. So I don't south. understand. <laughs> but you, uh, it's it's never stopped you being criticized. It's never stopped you from doing something that you you love. I mean, I I can't think of something right now. I'm sure it has. I'm sure it has, because especially as I was younger, you know, when you're younger, you're more susceptible to it. If someone says that your clothes is ugly, you're not gonna wear that clothes anymore because you want to fit in, right? Mm-hmm. And so when that's the that's the funny thing about human nature is that when as when we're young we want to be part of the crowd, we want to just blend in, be cool and popular. At least most people tend to want to be that. And then as we get older, we want to be more independent. We want to stand out. We want to be more original. So I'm sure it has in the past, but I can't think of anything in particular right now. I just think we just stop caring. You know that's why you see old right. people that. Just do whatever they older, want. Older, older people, elders, <laughs> elders <laughs> that do things that they want, you know, and they don't right. really care because you know because they you just after a while you're just like they you know, realize I, that it has very little importance as to what Joe from down the block says, you know. Yeah, who cares if they think I look funny with this this hat on? I like how I look. I like that I'm weird. I like the color or whatever. I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> So it, that truly is what it is. You just stop giving, you know, a care. <laughs> okay, so it seems like a lot of, in we've sort of talked about this in the past, a lot of 
how we act and the way that we who we are today result a result of who we how we were brought up or what happened in our childhood. So how did you learn about criticism when you were young? Like was that something that you struggled with even at a young age? Yes. Uh I'm trying to think of a story well, I where you, you mentioned your dad a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um I I'm trying to think of a story that I haven't told. Oh, <laughs> but story. yeah, of course I got criticized when I was younger and I was the middle child, so uh, I I was always annoying people and, and following them around. That seems more like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my siblings there, uh, my two older siblings there wouldn't hang out with me, and they would like lock me out of their room and stuff. <laughs> and uh, I always wanted to hang out with my middle sibling. So um, I remember when I was younger, I had uh, a speech therapist, and I always got criticized by my siblings about the way I would talk, uh, or the way I would say certain things. Criticized or made fun of? Made fun of. And Chris makes fun of me about certain words that I say, and it kind of hurts my feelings sometimes. Like, he means it as a joke sometimes, but it always brings me back to, you know, when things happen earlier in your life, they stay with you. There was a, a guy I knew... Uh, he was my friend growing up, and his name rhymed with salami. <laughs> and one time I called him salami, and he got so mad at me. Like, he started yelling at me and said, don't ever call me that. Uh. And I was like, what the? And he told me that when he was younger, kids used to call him that, and he never liked it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes criticism from when you're very young can stay with you all of your life. And... You know, not just the way that your parents criticize you, but what other people do to you. You just kind of have to grow from that and and come out of it. Yeah. But well, and you know, I don't ever mean to when make like you say make fun of you or degrade you and make you feel bad. I think it's adorable and cute, and I love it. Um, so I say it in jest and just, I don't know, I don't know, I guess to bring attention to it because, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that you, you are aware of it. I don't know. I guess you are aware of it. No, I mean, I just feel like, I don't know. It's, to me, it's like talking and then hearing your own voice when you're talking you're just like okay everything's cool and then we hear your own uh, voice or yeah. somebody hears your voice and says wow you sound very uh i don't know you sound very feminine you know mm-hmm. something like that you're just like what i just thought i was just talking or just you know <laughs> yeah i mean even when we hear when i hear our recordings of this uh, i'll catch certain words maybe that i don't pronounce right myself um, the right pronunciations or maybe the, I don't know, the rhythm or just the, the, the speech pattern. Sometimes I'll leave maybe part of the word off. I don't finish pronouncing a word. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I, I certainly have. So I, I guess I can understand. I'll, well, I'll try not to do that again or more in the future. Well, I just need to learn how to, you know, take a joke. But, when, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, when something... Something can become personal if it's something that you haven't dealt with, I guess. Right. Uh, 
What did you learn about criticism while you were growing up? I mean, I was, my mom is, was very, is kind of to this point, she's not as much anymore, but was very critical of the three of us. But I've always felt that it was more on me because I was the eldest. I was always looked to set an example and um, to do better. And it was hard. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, to me, it was like I had to develop the tough skin or I would just be a mess. <laughs> and, you know, I, I kind of did develop that tough skin where I would, I would still feel bad and I would internalize certain things. But I think I was able to adapt and kind of grow from it. Um, I made, I got, and there's kind of like a difference between criticism and then making, being made fun of, um, because to be made fun of, there's like a certain level of, um, it, it depends on someone's tone, I think. Yeah. I guess how that's they... true too. Because you know, my, uh, I don't know if I want to say names, but some of my friends, I'm sure you've noticed, uh, <laughs> They joke around a lot, right? Um, Alex, I'll just say it. <laughs> He's probably not even listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, but hi, he, Alex. <laughs> you, you've seen him interact with me. They do a lot of their joking, where it's like borderline making fun of. Chris's friends are mean to each other, mean spirited. Like, <laughs> like they they make really mean like personal jokes about people's physical appearance. Yeah. And like, I'm fat, I'm and I just fat. get <laughs> and I'm just like, what? And my family did my mom, not my whole family, but my mom was like, Oh, you're getting fat. Or <laughs> you know and I think that's a cultural thing. I really do, because all my parents, people that are within our sphere, my a family's friends and stuff, they all do that. They they do like jokingly. It's like half joke, but he's like, he, that's why I'm always like, yeah, ha, ha, ha. yeah, no, I'm fat. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna put on weight. <laughs> well, I love to joke around too, but sometimes something can be like a sore spot for yeah. you, especially if you've been, especially if you you've been thinking about that a lot. Yeah, and that's where some of those jokes, you know, you. Really, if you have a really good friend, then they would know their lines, you know. And at the same time, too, it's like, I know when they joke just with me and they say something, I know it's not coming from a bad place in their heart. Like, I know to them, they're not trying to bring me down. It's just a way of kind of like, I don't know. That's the way that I kind of, that's the way that I choose to view it. I think it's, it's sort of like harsh reality meets... Trying to make trying to make light of us of the reality, I don't know because I have put on weight. I've put on like twenty or thirty pounds since I've met you. Thank you, thank you for that. I haven't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it's kind of like a way to to make try to make light of it, but it can go wrong, and especially if you don't know people's situations and how how emotional and vulnerable they are. Well, we want to have ways to understand ourselves and take criticism in a healthy way. Right. So what I started to do is when someone tells me something to just pause and try to think about it. Mm -hmm. You do do that. I've noticed. I do notice that you do. 
<laughs> but still, you're very stoic when you get. But still, sometimes, sometimes things are sore spots, and there's things that I've been thinking about myself, and I can bust into anger because it just feels so. I, I'm giving myself a lot of personal criticism mm. or self criticism. So, yeah, it, it's it's a balance. But I think what we can do is try to take care of our our mental health and try to stay in a positive place and try to deal with our problems mm-hmm. and realize, you know, everyone is not going to understand you or what you've been through. And maybe a way for people to do that is through their art, mm-hmm. you know, at I think a lot of people with uh, BPD are artistic in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're not, you you should try because it's a good way to let express, out your emotions right, and your express. feelings and, yeah, express yourself. I was going to say, um, I think what you just said earlier was kind of like the main theme about the, what we were talking about between how where to draw those lines. And I think that that's the perfect way to say it is, when someone is self-criticizing themselves, that area is probably not a good area to try to make fun of or try to, you know, bring in in a light situation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody, if you see people um, beating themselves down because they're overweight, then you don't need to be making fun of their weight. You don't need to bring bringing it up. The same thing with if they, if you see them struggling or um, really kind of like punishing themselves, and you can kind of tell it, it's. It's something that should be handled with care versus, you know, if it's just like, oh, you can't kick straight. <laughs> well, hopefully to make someone better, you know, uh, you can use criticism to make people better. Right. Yeah. And like constructive criticism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to give them something to think about and your point of view. And it's always good. That's why when I let you read something... I ask you a lot of questions because I want to know your reaction and your critique of it. Oh, I thought it was always just because you like pop quizzes. I do <laughs> love trivia crack. I do. Um, I do love playing Jeopardy. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, and then that's when. Yeah, that's a good point when when talking about criticism, constructive criticism. It's you have to find a way to. And kind of like what I do with you, I try to find a way to have a very soft landing, <laughs> so that because I don't, I don't ever want you to feel like I'm attacking you, even if I don't like something that you do. It's still I'm like you know, it's just not my thing, and that's okay. It's okay for someone to not like something that you've made or created, um, or do. That's okay as well. I've told you. I don't want to be criticized. <laughs> well, I've told you we're never going to please everybody in our lives. And I've told that to my sisters as well. When we, Because we would struggle about... I want to be the first person to do that. Well, you can try. <laughs> <laughs> but we would, tr- we would struggle about, you know, pleasing our parents. Well, what would mom and dad say? What, what are they going to do or say about this or that? I'm not good enough for them, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you, you can't live your life trying to please someone because they're never going to be pleased. I mean, they might be pleased at that moment in time, but then you're going to do something else. And if you 
if you do all of your actions revolve around pleasing someone, then you're going to be unhappy because you're not doing what makes you happy. You're going to do what makes somebody else happy. Yeah. And then that's not going to be enough for them. They're going to want more and more and more because that's who they are. You know, and you have to live your life, your truth and live to for your happiness. And that's that's the only way to that I know how to live to have a good life, you know. Well, thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Is that it? Yeah. Is it? Oh. I thought it was a great episode. You didn't like it? That, no, that felt a little... Uh, Did I thought, you? Oh. It was just like 15 minutes. Encore. <laughs> Did you have no, something else to no, say? No, no, I'm done. <laughs> I was going to thank everybody. Yeah, thank you guys so much for all the uh, all the messages that you've sent out uh, to AJ. Mostly AJ. I mean, nobody wants to talk to me. No, I mean, they, they just come to uh, either well, the Facebook... You're the VPD guy. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook or the web yeah. um, the website. Yeah. And no, it's great. I relay that to you. Yeah, I, I, I read the messages too, guys. Um, so be careful what you say to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, it's great that we are able to see that difference that we're making in people. That's wonderful. So we will see you guys next Sunday. Yay. Again. And then the Sunday after that. And then the Sunday <sighs> yeah. after that. Hopefully my office will be more presentable. And maybe <laughs> we can do a little something different. Ooh, what does that mean? Ah, <laughs> we shall have to wait and see. Okay, guys. <laughs> Until later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.